You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Amen, amen. Thank you, Rachel, and thank you, Pastor Ben, and your staff. I do love this church. And uh, to those online, welcome. To those in person, you're stuck with me. And uh, it's great to be with you. I do love this church. It's exciting to celebrate 20 years as a congregation. And most of those years have been led by Pastor Ben. And uh, he's built a great team. And uh, I just want to encourage you as a staff, in fact, as a church, in fact, online right now, uh, you know, one of the things I can tell you is this has been the most complicated year for my pastoring in over 22 and a half years. I will tell you there have been times where I have been very discouraged during this stretch. There have been times where I wasn't sure uh, what the future held. There were times where my staff was discouraged. It's, it's been a complicated year. You know what would be a blessing to your pastors is if right now, even online, you just put comments in saying how much you love them and how much you appreciate them. If you haven't encouraged them, do so. I will tell you the encouragement of the few, and it's only been a few, People assume pastors and wives and staff get a lot of encouragement. They don't get as much as you think. They do get it, but not as much as you think. And people say, oh, I should encourage them, but they get so much of it. No, this will encourage you. Lavish your leadership team with love and appreciation. They've worked so hard. And, of course, I've known your team, and I, I really do. This is one of my favorite churches to speak at. I love the new facility. I'm excited for you to be back in-person services uh, next week. That'll be wonderful and, and weird and different and exciting all at the same time. And I just encourage you, settle in, get excited. You know, I learned something in Romans 5. This is not part of my message, but I just want to encourage you. In Romans chapter 5, you'll read the text, and it says, Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance develops your character, and character produces hope. And then later in Romans 15, it says that the hope that has come overflows to those around you. In other words, hope spills. But hope doesn't come without suffering and perseverance and learning to develop your character. And that's the season all the kingdom of God has been in, and I'm excited for what God has next. Amen? And uh, as Rachel said, today is a PG-13 service. Um, if you have teenagers, they can handle this. They've heard of this subject, and I'd encourage you to have them there. If they're elementary and other, I don't want to have conversations created in your homes that might uh, be uncomfortable. So make sure uh, that uh, you send them to an appropriate area. Isaiah 58 says this, And if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. There's something powerful about what we do in spending ourselves. Now that can be financial, but it's also our heart, our prayer, our motivation. When we spend ourselves on behalf of individuals in the world who are suffering and struggling through life. Today I want to tell you, about an amazing uh, organization I'm a part of. Now, I'm a full-time pastor, uh, and I love doing that. This is something that our congregation has uh, blessed uh, me to be able to go out six times a year and do six services on, on this subject, and I've been asked to be a part of this organization called Project Rescue. 
And uh, it's an organization that deals with the issue of human sex trafficking. Now, if you're involved in social justice issues, you understand human trafficking is not just sex trafficking. There's two sides to it. There's forced labor and there's sex trafficking. And, and they're different. And Project Rescue deals with both of them. However, their primary focus is on ending human sex trafficking. Project Rescue began in 1997 when a a uh, group called Teen Challenge. In Michigan, we know them as Life Challenge. But in India, Teen Challenge was uh, doing ministry in the Mumbai Red Light District in Falkland Road. And while they were there, they were shocked as they came across the individuals ensnared by drugs and ensnared by uh, gangs and, and prostitution. They were stunned to realize that there's about an estimated 100,000 women and children living in human slavery. Many of them had been sold by their impoverished families from nations like Nepal and India, uh, northern India, just to make money, to make a living, that their children became a commodity to be sold, and they grew up into adulthood, often having their own children while still in human sex trafficking. In the first encounter while Teen Challenge was there, a hundred ladies gave their lives to Jesus Christ. It was a wonderful moment, a powerful moment, but then something happened that started Project Rescue. Thirty-seven of the little children were given to Project Rescue because the ladies in human sex trafficking didn't want their children to grow up this way. So they came to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and then gave their children to Project Rescue, well, to the Teen Challenge individuals, and said, give them a different life. Out of that night, Teen Challenge came back and wrestled with what to do and the heart of one of the great leaders and they came up with the idea to provide an environment where we could rescue individuals out of uh, human sex trafficking. How do we do that? How would we do that? How would we provide clean beds, homework to be able to be done, education, skills, and trades so that human sex trafficking wasn't the natural avenue back into life? To create a safe environment. Listen, what Rachel said is so true. To reestablish the dignity and value of human life just because they were created by God. Even though much of their life had been robbed and the innocence lost, their value never changed. That God created them for a purpose and for a cause. And of course, how would we do all those things and we provide health care and reach to people and also reach to their soul at the same time? From that humble beginning, last year over 37,000 in that year, women and children who had been impacted by sexual slavery had been rescued. And this is done through aftercare homes, vocational training, after-school programs, night care shelters. I'll explain more about that in a minute. HIV and AIDS medical clinics, red light district churches that are created and established right in the brothels, right in the, the heart of the difficult parts of that culture. Also, Sunday schools. Awareness and prevention programs, women and children have been rescued in over 22 years. The strongest ministry leaders are now ones who once were in human sex trafficking, but now have been freed and grown in the knowledge of faith, become the leaders, and are now rescuing the generations from the experience they had themselves. Isn't God good? Project Rescue 
exists to restore the, and rescue victims of sexual slavery in the power of love of Jesus Christ. And we accomplish that in three ways, through intervention, through prevention, and restoration. Let me hit those real quick. Intervention side includes things like evening care centers. I mentioned that. These are adjacent to red light districts where prostitution is taking place. These centers provide a way to get vulnerable children out of their mother's rooms, listen, while they're servicing customers. One of the tragedies is many children actually lay underneath the bed while their mother facilitates up to 10 to 12 individuals a day. Imagine being a child and not only being confused about the environment, but literally being part of that situation hidden under a bed. Like traditional daycare centers, Project Rescue Evening Care Centers offers nourishing food, help with education, a safe and caring environment, and it gets the children out from under the bed while service times are happening, and, uh, prostitution is happening, and brings them to a safe location where they can be an individual, not part of the problem. What a powerful ministry that is. HIV and medical clinics, it's estimated that 60% of the females prostituted in Mumbai, India, or Bombay's red light district are infected with STDs or AIDS. Project Rescue provides medical clinics that help minister to people. Part of that is the way we begin to build relationships with individuals who are sick. It provides care because the ones who run the brothels want their individuals, the prostitutes, those caught in sex trafficking to be healthy so they can make more money over time. So they've allowed Project Rescue to do ministry and provide medical care. And through that, God is opening miraculous doors, things that I don't want to share how they use that. But through those moments, God is using incredible ways to reach people with the message of Christ. Project Rescue does detention center outreach. When women and children are trafficked, often from other countries, they are brought there and tricked into thinking they will be getting a better life, only to find out that their life is no longer their own. When they are there illegally, they are caught because if they leave, they're reported and then deported. So what do they do? Project Rescue has found a way to help individuals in those moments going to detention centers, providing essential care, and when possibly providing and negotiating victims' release into Project Rescue's custody so that they can begin to be healthy and grow and reestablish their value, experiencing a transformation of their life through the power of Jesus Christ. There's red light district churches, I mentioned that. Those are close and those are, are powerful moments where people get a break from their day. Usually they get a couple hour window and they get a chance to go. Those who are being trafficked go to church service and when they get to the church service, they get to experience the power of Jesus Christ for a couple hours while they're trained and while they're ministered to, while they're cared for. Can you imagine going to church and experiencing the power of Jesus Christ but still having to return back to that lifestyle. It's a difficult thing. And so they're intervening at every level we can. Then there's prevention. After school programs, we talked about that. They provide with homework. They provide snacks, a safe place for kids to just be children, just to simply play and have fun. 
after scare, I'm sorry, awareness and prevention programs on HIV, not only just preventing it from occurring, but sharing the information, helping people understand the difficulties of the medical situation that's there, and then restoration. Project Rescue doesn't just reach to stop it before it happens, doesn't just intervene once it's happening, but brings a restoration to people's lives. Aftercare and safe homes provide a place for rescued women and children in red light districts to have a holistic environment in which their physical, emotional, and spiritual needs are met. Vocational training is one of the biggest avenues out of human sex trafficking. These moments when they're provided their breaks, oftentimes Project Rescue will come alongside and teach them how to make their own clothing, jewelry, uh, uh, cosmetology, tailoring. And out of that creates a business that eventually will provide their way out through freedom. It's, it's a massive program. How many are getting the, the idea online in a person? This is huge and covers every aspect of humanity. It is an unbelievable ministry. And I'm proud to be an ambassador representative on behalf of David and Beth Grant. In fact, all of this was started by David and Beth Grant, missionaries to India. You can see their picture, David's picture. When Project Rescue began 20 years ago, people didn't talk much about human sex trafficking. In fact, when David and Beth Grant would come into a church and share about that, oftentimes it was uncomfortable. It was something people didn't understand or maybe even at times didn't believe. But something changed. A movement began to happen and God began to meet the needs and it began to grow in awareness Today, Project Rescue ministers in 14 sites in eight different countries. This is a picture behind uh, David Grant of, of one of the rescue centers. It's a healthy, good place. It's been built where it provides a number of homes and safety. It's where people find freedom and experience value in who they are. Some of these centers have been built. Many are on their way and coming in the years ahead group of pastors and friends and businessmen went there to where it all began. In the red light district of Mumbai, there were over 10,000 women still actively involved in human sex trafficking in that area. It's a heartbreaking place with narrow alleys. You can see that it is, it is a difficult place, a dirty place, a place that by nature devalues humanity. You could stretch out your arms, touch the tiny cubicles like of homes on each side as you go. You have to duck your head to avoid the rusted metal roofs or you could hurt yourself or harm yourself. Women and, women and their children live in a tiny four-by-eight cubicle where the women are forced, like I said, to serve as 10 to 15 customers a day while their children hide under the bed. Listen to this. The average life expectancy in the red light district is 28 years old. And at the end of this area, if you go down the road, you'll find a project rescue center. A place that provides ministry freedom. A place that stands out as different from the environment of which it's located in. And for two hours a day, women and children make their way to their refuge from the world that they are in. Right around the corner is also the Red Light District Church. A service for women and their children are held there on regular basis for those who have been trafficked. 
The madams and their controllers give women and children the opportunity to go because it gives them a break also. And so it's a mutual thing. However, they don't understand that as they are there, God begins to move in radical ways. A group of pastors and friends of mine traveled there together and they were astonished what they saw. My friend Rod Loy, who pastors in North Little Rock, Arkansas, said this, It was some of the most powerful, passionate, authentic worship I've ever experienced. After slow worship, they started singing songs of celebration. These are the individuals rescued from from sex trafficking, still in it, but coming out of it through God's work in their life. says they were dancing before the Lord with joy. He said, I can't dance, but I did it with them for 30 minutes. Rod said he was soaked through with sweat. He was so convicting. They worship with joy and excitement, even though they knew what was in store for them when church was over. Kind of makes us all wonder why we're so reserved at times in worship. You know, if the worship leader doesn't pick the right song or sings it too long or sings it in a wrong key, people get all upset. And, and we even have regular worship. You know the moment of the song when everyone lifts their hands? You know what I'm talking about? May I just encourage you, if nothing else, get in touch with the fact when you have nothing but Jesus, you'll worship like you have nothing but Jesus. They may be captives, but they have found a freedom in him. After worship, a choir sang. A choir of girls who had been rescued from trafficking. These were ones who were in the rescue center, in the care And Pastor Rod said this, I will never forget the emotion when they started singing, my chains are gone, I've been set free. I want to show you just a few of the lives that have been changed, a glimpse of the results of what God has been doing through Project Rescue. Please watch them sing. isn't it? This is Darshana, Niha, Amulu, Ponam, and Sarah, Rachuna, Hayoti, Pramila, and Sentoish. All of these girls were given to Project Rescue after a government raid of a local brothel. When the girls first entered the home, they were 11 and 12 years old. A local government official visited the home, and when presented the children to Project Rescue, referred to them as hopeless, calling them animals, declaring that there was no hope. These kids were too far gone. It was hard. Sometimes it was two steps forward and one step back, but God began to work within the lives of these girls who had experienced so much. 
About seven years later, the local official came back to the rescue center, looked at all of the girls, had a conversation, and he was astonished. He could not believe that these were the same individuals who had found value in who they were. In fact, in 2015, these young ladies all ended up graduating from college. Darshana and Ponam are now helping lead the home in which they were, the, which they were founding, finding the freedom of God for themselves back in the day. These two precious little girls are Kinran and Mahima. Kinran was born HIV positive. Her mother had been a prostitute working in the brothels. The Project Rescue staff was able to secure Kiran's release when she was a baby because her mother was dying and there would be no one to take care of her. Kiran almost died a couple of times due to the HIV infection she has. At one point when she was just a toddler, one of the leaders was with Kiran in the hospital as she was bleeding from her gums, nose, and mouth. Her immune system was crashing. Her infection was growing. A bacterial infection had also come in. The church dedicated special time to intercessory prayer on behalf of Kiran and began to pray and declare the goodness of God over her life. Even though the doctor said that her situation was hopeless, they never gave up praying. One night, Kiran's condition seemed utterly hopeless. Her vital signs started to diminish. Then something miraculous happened. They suddenly began to turn the corner. She began to get strength. The bleeding stopped. She began to grow in health. And something began to change. She survived childhood. She survived that season through a combination of God's miraculous touch, radical nutrition steps that were invested into her life, and quality health care from the givers of health care, of Project Rescue Healthcare. The medicine that was donated by local churches like yours will be part of the miracle of Project Rescue, and churches like Freedom Christian that has been a part of it were what was used to help her eat well, get medicine she needed, have care, and most importantly, and maybe the most difficult to process, is she had somebody there to rub her head and hold her hand and tell her she was okay, and they loved her. Mahima's story is a little different. Project Rescue workers are walking through the red light district in Bombay one morning when they notice a man standing in front of a brothel and, and was talking to one of the madams. He was holding a six-month-old baby girl in, her, in his arms. As the workers came close and listened to the conversation, they realized what was happening, that they were negotiating the sale price for this child, this six-month-old. The madam inspected the child and argued with him over the price. He wanted more, she wanted less. They were in a negotiation like you would do for a car. One of the project rescue workers saw this and demanded to know, where did you get that child from? In that moment, the man couldn't give a straight answer. Realizing he had stolen this baby from someone else, he threw the baby into the arms of the project rescue worker and took off and panicked as he ran away. The madam casually turned around, went back into the brothel, and our project rescue workers were left standing there holding a six-month-old baby that nobody would ever be able to trace back to their family. They took her in and gave her the name Mahima, which means glory. 
Kiran and Mahima are still close friends. Mahima has been in Project Rescue since 2001. She possesses a quiet confidence that comes from her relationship with Jesus. She is currently working on her college degree in social working. Kiran's health is doing much better. She is attending college and hopes to someday be a teacher. One of the newest Project Rescue sites where Freedom Christian has been raising funds for and many churches are and will be a focus of the funds that, that ga- the Gateway Church raises is in a location in India where there's a group of individuals called the Banchata people. The Banchata people live in 76 villages in the India's Indian state of Mudia Pradesh. The Banchata people being the lowest caste system in all of the human society in India. If you don't know the caste system, you're born into a system and you very rarely ever move out of that system. If you're born poor, you stay poor. If you're born rich, you stay rich. It's a very difficult process and this is the poorest of the poor. The caste system is like a pyramid with the elites at the top and the less important in their society, though I disagree with that. Certainly, we believe everyone has intrinsic importance. But they are locked into what they believe to be the lowest caste system in all of India. With few exceptions, with few exceptions, the Banchata kids are sold into slavery. They are extremely poor and have a very low literacy rate. For over 500 years, the Banchata people have sold their daughters into sex slavery. It begins with the dedication, listen to this, of the newborn girls to the goddess of prostitution. When she's born, the dedication is not like we have in church where parents come and grandparents and we celebrate the life. They celebrate the commodity that they just had. Friends come to congratulate the parents on having a daughter because they just received a paycheck. From the first day of life, little girls are seen as nothing more than that. Between the ages of 11 and 13, girls are sold into older men to become their wives. A very beautiful girl can be sold as much as $15,000, the equivalent to three years worth of income for the Banchata people. Those who aren't sold as wives are prostituted by their own family, by their own parents, just to generate income into the home. Listen to this. The school dropout rate is 100% by the fifth grade. By the fifth grade. Every Banchata girl is trafficked. Little boys who are born in that become trained to become the pimps and the managers in the sex trade industry. It is a gripping evil that has gripped this set of villages, this people group. In fact, in these communities, prostitution is not presented as a choice. It's a mandate. It's their caste. It's their prison. It's their way of life. Parents see no value for educating as girls have to become prostitutes and boys will become pimps. People who want to have sex with children are their target customer base. From all over India, deprived individuals show up to Madhya Pradesh to have sex with children. More than 50% of the population is infected with HIV AIDS. And with almost no preventative care or hospitals, newborns often inherit the disease 
and are stuck in a life where they perpetuate or often die at a young age. A project rescue team recently moved in to Mudia Pradesh. Called by God, they are determined to stay and make a difference to reach and build centers like we saw pictures of in all 76 villages in that region to bring hope, to bring change. Project Rescue is reaching out and building relationships with families, teaching them that there is another way of life, that it doesn't automatically equal a commodity that God created them, and by establishing that value that their children don't have to continue the cycle of prostitution and disease. Project Rescue, as they reach and provide medical treatment, they're providing encouragement and friendship to see things in a different day. Building schools to provide education for children beyond the fifth grade. It's an option for them to have a better life in the future. It's something that wouldn't exist without Project Rescue. But a school that goes beyond the fifth grade immediately states there should be education beyond the fifth grade. Therefore, creating a culture in that community that says this, what you're doing is not okay and it's not normal. There's a better way. Project Rescue has 21 boys and 23 girls in our home, and 247 children studying in the school in this Banchata region. We are offering families a new way of life. They're children who are being educated and trained to change the culture. They're being trained to break generational views, generational curses, generational cycles, and create a new path found and based on the value of God in them. Project Rescue has amazing stories of recovery. I want you to meet Ramesh and Asmi, parents of two daughters. Their plan was to sell their daughter, then prostitute the younger. But when the Project Rescue team began talking and sharing about a better way, these parents made a decision to trust their daughters to the Project Rescue care process. As the pastoral team began to share, as the Project Rescue team began to pour their heart, these parents began to realize that something had to change in them. That it wasn't just about rescuing their daughter, it was about rescuing them as individuals and that that would be part of bringing the change. And they began to now become an advocate as these parents now begin to tell others about the value of their own children and how they're pursuing a different thing. It's beginning to change generational curses. And both of their daughters are now in Project Rescue School. Beautiful little girls. Their faces and their smiles tell me it's worth it. It's worth it. Every dollar, every moment, and every prayer is worth it for kids like them. From time to time, you'll hear the story of how someone escaped from human trafficking. And I, I was astonished. I, I've done this, shared at other churches and even in our own church. Do you know on the Sunday I shared this at our church, a lady came up to me with her mother there and acknowledged that her mother had been trafficking her for years when she was a teenager all the way through her young adult years. I've had this happen three different times. People who have heard this message, and maybe online you're hearing this today, and you had an experience like that. Listen, I want to explain something. There's a difference between escaping and being rescued. Sometimes we say, hey, someone escaped it. Listen, the definition of escape is to get away. 
But the definition of rescue is to free or deliver from confinement. And there are so many differences. Escape is about me. It's I have a plan. I can do this. I'll figure a way out. I'll fight my way out. I will escape on my own. The problem is, is these girls can't escape on their own. If they could, they would. They can't escape, but they can be rescued. Amen? The difference between escape and rescue is that in a rescue, someone else helps you break free from the trap. Someone with more knowledge, resources, a different plan, a different experience, a different perspective can come in and help bring a rescue. See, you don't escape human trafficking in India. You have to be rescued. We have to be a part of this. As the kingdom of God, one of the things that concerns me is this. I am absolutely pro-life. I absolutely believe that abortion should be ended. No question about that. But I will tell you, I also care about life after birth. As the Christian world, we have to care about adoption and foster care and rescue for people who can't do it themselves. And it's not easy. It's emotionally draining. It's exhausting. It's not without opposition. Evil men fight as Satan fights back with the kingdom of God. It's not a short-term commitment. It is a long-term commitment. When someone is given or someone comes to a rescue center or brought by authorities to a Project Rescue home, Project Rescue becomes their long-term family. Project Rescue pays for their education, clothing, food, and housing. And when they graduate high school, Project Rescue doesn't abandon them. Project Rescue will help them pay for their college and watch this, even help pay for a wedding. I want you to know one of the most beautiful things that makes me cry every time is to think about the fact that many of the women who've gone through this have grown into freedom and have a healthy marital relationship with their spouse, which is almost unheard of when you're recovering from the kind of things they've gone through. But that tells you the depth of the emotional, spiritual, and and relational healing that God is using through Project Rescue for that to occur in people's lives. And by the way, this is not inexpensive. In fact, it's very expensive. Like I said earlier, it's worth it for every girl, every boy, every time, every soul, every single life. We have a biblical mandate. Proverbs 31.8 says this, Speak up for those who can't speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and the helpless and see that they get justice. I want to take just a few more moments and I want to introduce you to some of the Benchata children. Rakumare is a precious little girl. (coughs) Excuse me. Her mother ran away when she was a baby. Her father killed himself. Rakumare's grandmother didn't want to and could not afford to care for her, so she decided to traffic her. But before Rakumare was sold, our Project Rescue team leader met her. She was immediately drawn to him and his safe love, his kindness, as he was different than the experiences of the men and the women around her. Her grandmother decided that instead of selling Rakumare, that she would give her to Project Rescue. If it wasn't for God's perfect timing, a rescue worker who was there, his wonderful plan for her life, she would be a statistic. Another girl sold 
and another girl's innocence destroyed. Today, instead of being bound by the chains of trafficking, Rakumare has a life who loves her, a family, I should say, who loves her and a safe place to live. She has her own bed. She dances with joy. She loves to paint and does crafts. And the sparkle in her eye, can't you see it? The sparkle in her eye is a testimony of the hope, joy, and peace that can only come from God. Aroshi is from uh, Patamaru, a village about 12 miles from her home. Her mother, listen to this, her mother plans to sell her. But after short, a lot of prayer and a short conversation, she agreed to let her go to an aftercare program and begin to study, at least wade into the concept of Project Rescue. Hiroshi was with Project Rescue for a few days before her mother took her back. One team was devastated, but, but they just continued to pray and continued to ask God for a victory and a, and a bringing her back. A few days later, Hiroshi was returned to the home, but her mother again took her back. Again, after a lot of convincing and talking, she agreed to send Hiroshi, but it would only be if they would take her brother Kirush too. Aroshi and Kirash both moved into the Project Rescue home. Aroshi's father wants her to study, be educated, get a good job, but her mother still plans on selling her into prostitution at some point. Even after bringing her to Project Rescue, her mother has this plan and, and won't let it go, and this is what she's working towards. Can I ask you to do me a favor? We have about two years left before that time comes. Will you pray for Hiroshi that God changes her mother's heart? This is not a fictional world. This is real people, real futures on the line, real plans that God has for young girls like her. The chil- children of Mudia Pradesh are beautiful. They laugh and play just like your kids do. But without Project Rescue, they're doomed to a future in the sex trade industry. I want to show you a video from the very first school established by Project Rescue. It's a choir of rescued girls who, who were from the red light district. The video isn't professional. It was shot on an iPhone. But while the girls sing, I want to show you. I want you to think about. I want you to see some of the children. You've seen some of their pictures, but I want you to see the totality and let this rest in your heart as you watch the children of Mudia Pradesh.
cost to provide housing, education, food, clothing, and, and health care for a child, for a young person, is about $3 a day, about $1,095 a year. Each Project Rescue House provides room and board for 30 to 35 girls and administrative staff. The reality is Beth Grant made this statement, if evil people can work together for the purposes of sexual exploitation, why can't good people, God's people, work together to bring hope and freedom? Something has been a miracle that has happened because of COVID. I don't know if you know this, but COVID has had some wonderful effects in the kingdom world. One of the things that happened is, is that India shut down all businesses because of the infection. Therefore, the brothels ceased to have people come visit. What happened was a miracle. And this thing called Forever Free was birthed. The people who owned the brothels didn't want to provide food or care for those because it was getting too expensive, so sent all the girls back home to their natural homes. When they arrived, Project Rescue recognized this moment and realized for $1,546, they could provide not only the care and the need for a family, but also could train them quickly in a vocational process that would allow them to never have to return to human trafficking. Project Rescue does not pay the brothel owners. What they do is they create the ability for individuals to have a sustainable life and provide a way out so they have an option to go to because they don't have options otherwise. Fifteen hundred millions of dollars has been raised for Forever Free. And there are thousands upon thousands of young ladies who are now free and will never return to prostitution or the red light district again. Listen, God can take terrible seasons and do miraculous things. By the way, did you know that in China, uh, one of the things they did was they allowed, because they didn't want people gathering in private church homes, they allowed churches to broadcast for the first time ever their church services to millions of people. Listen, church, COVID has robbed us of some things, but God has not stopped moving in the midst of it. And God didn't stop moving in the midst of Project Rescue. We've seen this happen in our church. See, this is deeply personal. This is personal for my family. My family this year did not sacrifice our regular mission support. We continue to give that at a, at a high level. We're committed to that. But my family and I sat down, my daughters sat down, my wife and I, and said, what can we do as a family? We made the largest missions commitment we've ever made on top of our current missions giving and, of course, our own tithe. We are happy to report that God has allowed us to fulfill our commitment. My daughter created t-shirt designs and sold them online and was able to raise hundreds of dollars with her friend to be able to end human trafficking. We had two children in our church, 11 and 13 years old, who God so gripped their heart that they created a mask-making business. They had a sense from the Lord to send one to the governor of the state of Michigan because it matched her, her skirt. When the governor got it, she was so impressed, she gave a public shout-out at a press conference, which increased the business attention to Lauren Bradley Designs, these go to my church, which the governor then ended up calling 
and having a conversation with, and their business grew so fast that they were able to give, get this, 11 and 13, thousands of dollars to Project Rescue to provide freedom because they had an idea for a mask company and they had a moment of God moving on their heart to reach out to the governor. The governor isn't, from what I know, a believer. Maybe she is. But either way, God used that moment. And by the way, afterwards had a conversation and they were able to share with her what Project Rescue is and why they've committed their lives to the things of Jesus, 11 and 13 years old. Our youth group at our church raised $30,000 to buy a Project Rescue vehicle for India. Together, our church has committed to this and I'm asking churches to commit to that too. A church I I spoke at earlier in the year had a goal of $20,000, and they ended up raising $42,000. Another church, a small church, had a goal of $1,800. They raised $3,700. Listen, it's not about the amount. It's about the sacrifice. Because these kids are worth it. Because these children need freedom. And when you pause for a moment and recognize that they're just like your children, Something can happen inside our spirits that is miraculously inspirational to remind us of the opportunity we have before us. I want to just thank you. Our slogan is hope starts here. I started the service with that. Hope starts, but hope comes after suffering and perseverance and development of character, and then hope comes. I just pray that your hope spills this year as a church to your community. As a church to your neighbors, as you are the church reaching to your community online and through conversations, may hope spill out of you. May hope spill to the world. What you've done with water and reaching people is miraculous. What you'll do with reaching through Project Rescue will be equally as great. May God pour his spirit upon this congregation. And may this be one of the greatest years of giving you've ever done for the world. Because hope starts at a rescue center. Hope starts when no hope is to be found. And we have that hope in Jesus Christ. Pastor Ben's going to come and he's going to share with you how your church is going to walk through that. I want to thank you for the opportunity. And I want to love to pray for you. Lord, I just pray for this congregation that as they wrestle with what to do, God, that your spirit would be sensed that they would have a, a purpose in their heart of what you've called them to do, God. I pray that as you stir in their hearts online or here in this service, that God, you would not just stir out of a presentation, but God, out of the cries of children and women who will re-go as as so many have been freed, there'll be new ones that will come. And God, I pray that the Bachata people would change their whole culture, that people would see value and that worth would be reestablished in the lives of individuals because you've made them. God, let hope start here in us and let hope spill from us to reach the world. God, I thank you for Project Rescue and pray for all of our workers around the world, all of those who are doing such great work right now. God, I pray for strength for them, for encouragement for them. God, for a sense of your purpose upon them. God, we thank you and we celebrate the goodness of your hand. In your name we pray. Thanks, Pastor Aaron. I love you, and I appreciate your heart. And church, as we wrap up this service, I want you to know that this is only the beginning for us. 
We're celebrating 20 years of ministry here in West Michigan. And as we celebrate, we will tap in to the generosity, to the generous people that, that God has sent us. God is sending us even more. And we will follow the, the heart behind what God is doing with Project Rescue in a significant way. This next week or so, we'll be sending uh, these Project Rescue commitment cards. We'll send these to your home. We'll have these over the next several weeks as we're coming back in person as well. And what we plan to do this year is to have some big give days where we will focus our giving for Project Rescue. And we want you to be a part. I know it's a little cumbersome being over uh, online only this morning, but we didn't want to wait. We wanted to start the year with this focus. Because when we look outside of ourselves, the Lord provides for us as well. That's just the nature of God. When you give, it's given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. And when you think of the need around the world for human sex trafficking, Lord, help us to make a difference. This year, with God's help, we are going to make a difference with your help. And so this is what I'd like us to do. I want us to just end this time with a moment of reflection. Something grabbed you out of the service today when Pastor Aaron was speaking. I've got a whole page of notes here talking about rescue centers and the Bacata people, the poorest of the poor, the people, the children that need our help. Is it worth it? Absolutely. I love the idea of life after birth. It matters. Not only matters to God, it matters to us at the Gateway Church. And I love what Proverbs 31 said, that every time we should speak up every time. And so as we reflect, now what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you just to make a comment. What has made an impact in you? What, it was, what is standing out to you? Is it the family aspect? Is it the healing that happens? Is it that there are real people that are being sold into slavery? Or is it the future? For some of you, it's the money aspect. $3 a day that will make a difference. $1,500 a year. Come on. The Lord has given so much to us. And so as we wrap up here, in this final moment, as we launch this initiative for 2021, our 20th year celebrating, the Lord, I believe, is going to do supernatural things. Father, I pray right now for Project Rescue as they reestablish dignity and life and give purpose. Lord, that we would have a significant impact. That my family would have a significant impact this year. Our church family would have an incredibly significant impact for your glory, for your honor. Jesus, we need your help. 
Would you break our hearts for what is happening around the globe? And would you give us opportunity to have expansion in our own finances, Lord, that would allow us to to give and to sacrifice and to be a part of the solution? Lord, I'm asking for miracles in 2021. Lord, you know, as you've looked at the Gateway Church over the last uh, 20 years, Lord, what has happened? Lord, you have put a heart for the nations. Lord, you have given us the, the reality that the key to our future is missions. And Lord, I pray as we partner with Rescue Mission this year that you would do incredible things. Lord, we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, we love you. We look forward to seeing you in person here next Sunday and over the next season. God bless you. Have an incredible 2021. We love you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.